0: Welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. I get asked all the time if God is one and the Bible is one, why are there so many churches all claiming to be the one true church? When in many times their teachings are in contradiction to each other. How can I find, amid so many possibilities, the one true church. Well, on today's program, we're going to attempt to answer the question, how to find the true church. But what is the church anyway? The Greek word for church is ecclesia, which means those who are called out, called out to follow Christ. So what is the church? Well, the church is not brick. It's not stone. The church is people. The church is that group of people who have heard the voice of the Lord and are following the Lord's call. Those who have been called and responded to the call and are working as the Lord calls them, that's the church. Now, I'd like to clear something up right here before we go any further. So who then in the eyes of God constitutes the church? Well, all Christians... All Christians, regardless of where they are worshiping, all born-again Christians that respond to the call of God are in God's church. Now, let's go a step further. Is there another definition of the church? Well, if you read, for example, in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, I'm going to read it for you. Here's what it says there. Write this to the, to the angel of the church in Pergamum. These are the words of the one who has the sharp two-edged sword. I know that you are living right there where Satan's throne is. You are holding on to my name and you didn't break faith with me even at the time that Antipas, my faithful witness, was killed among you where Satan lives." Now, the second definition of the church is those who hold and do not deny the faith and the teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ. The church is at once a spiritual body, but it's also a means or a channel or an instrument through which God communicates truth to the world. It's uh, God's servant mechanism here on earth. So the true church must be proclaiming the truth of God in order to be the true church. The church has to be decided on the basis of truth, the pillar in the ground of truth. Now, what is truth? Jesus said in John chapter 17, verse 17, the following make them holy in the truth, your word is truth. The true church has got to square with the Bible. A sign outside the door of the church is not the measurement of the church. Jesus said, thy word is truth. If the teaching and the practice of the church is contrary to the plain teaching of the Bible, then it's certainly not the true church. Now, let me turn and read a portion of what Paul said in writing to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning at verse 14. Don't be tied up as equal partners with those who don't believe. What does righteousness share with that which is outside the law? What relationship does light have with darkness? What harmony does Christ have with Satan? What does a believer have in common with someone who doesn't believe? What agreement can there be between God's temple and idols? Because we are the temple of the living God. Just as God said, I live with them and I will move among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separated, says the Lord. Don't touch what is unclean. Then I will welcome you. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Now, what is Paul saying here? Well, Paul is contrasting light and darkness. And Paul says that these two things do not mix. The Bible teaches that truth must be completely separated from error. There should be no false doctrine in the true church. Now, I'm going to say something here that might shock you a little bit. The church is not determined by its members. There are goats among the sheep. We do not evaluate the flock by the goats mixed in with the sheep we evaluate the flock by the shepherd. We must be under the guidance of a perfect shepherd and we must be listening to his voice to be the ones that are called out. In Matthew 16, verse 6, Jesus said to them, Watch out and be on your guard for the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And then in verses 11 and 12, Don't you know that I wasn't talking about bread? Be on your guard for the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then they understood that he wasn't telling them to be on their guard for yeast used in making bread. No, he was telling them to watch out for the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, Jesus here is gathering an illustration out of the bakery, out of the kitchen, if you like. He warned them against the fact that a little bit of contamination will spoil the whole thing. That's what he said. He warned them that it only takes a little bit of false doctrine within the true church to spoil the whole thing. The church has got to teach the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. You see, I couldn't keep my name on the books of a church that I knew was teaching or practicing anything that was taught that did not square with the word of God. I want a church that goes all the way with the Bible, no excuses whatsoever. So let's make a very simple list of those things that are taught in the word of God. It's obvious that Christ started the church, so we're going to turn to the testimony of Jesus. What would be the number one thing that you'd require? So I'm going to make a suggestion. The most important test is this. It's Jesus Christ and Him alone. Him alone exalted as Lord and Savior. What would be a good first test? I think it would be a good place to start would be here in Acts chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, where it says, this Jesus is the stone you builders rejected. He has become the cornerstone. Salvation can be found in no one else throughout the whole world. No other name has been given among humans through which we must be saved. What does it say? No other name. Only one name. Not Peter or John or Paul or Matthew or Mary. Just one name. Only one name whereby we must be saved. That is the test of the true church. What about the Bible? Jesus taught the Bible. He said, search the scriptures. John chapter 5. Verse 39, examine the scriptures since you think that in them you have eternal life. They also testify about me. Now, sadly, many churches only give lip service to belief in the Bible. Surprisingly, many churches will openly deny belief in the Bible or when they read it, they say, well, you can't believe that or Or let me interpret that for you. God's true church will hold the Bible to be the very word of God. It's not just a sacred myth. What about prayer? That is so basic to our worship. Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father... You see, in the Christian faith, we are not taught to pray to anyone but God. We're never to pray to human beings. We don't pray to the saints. You see, because they have the same problems we all have. We're all caught in the same cage, in that same cell. They need to be saved just like we do. So how can they help me? It is only the Savior Jesus Christ who broke out. Only the sinless one can help us. The true church would talk about the second coming. You know, if you visit our L4LTV.com website and click on Archived Sermons, I have a message there on the second coming. I want to encourage you to check that out. L4LTV.com I've had people come to me and say, you know what, I've been going to church for years. And I've never heard my church say anything about the second coming. Friends, the true church must teach. The true church must look for the soon return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What else would the true church teach? Well, the Bible declares that the body is holy. Now, if the body is the temple of God, then God's true church will teach care of the body. It is important what we put into it, either by mouth or through the nose or what have you. The church of God must recognize the sanctity of the body. There are these health practices that destroy the health of our body. and We know that the true church would teach the sanctity of the body. Otherwise, something's been left out of the gospel. What about obedience? Would the true church teach its followers to obey? Well, you remember that the human family lost eternal life by disobedience. They did something that God said, don't do that. Now, how in the world are we going to gain eternal life if we just go doing, go on doing what we please just like they did? The true church is going to teach obedience to Jesus. In fact, he said in John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 15, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, I know it's not very popular to tell adults what they're supposed to do. So what was the attitude of Jesus towards the commandments? Well, in Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount, some have referred to it as the constitution of the Christian faith, Jesus said, do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter, or stroke, shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. See, Jesus said, I don't want you to think that I've come to destroy the law because I haven't. This is the testimony of our Lord. I couldn't join a church that would teach people that the Ten Commandments have been abolished. Jesus put a blessing upon the people who taught them, the people who obeyed them. Any church that would teach otherwise, well, this is not an expression of the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ. No matter how noble may be the other facets of its teaching, Because it's a direct contradiction of the teachings, the plain teaching of our Lord, that we are not to teach people to break any of his commandments. What about baptism? Well, Bible baptism is by immersion. When we are baptized, it's not just the hair that God wants. The Lord wants our hands to be dedicated to his service. He wants our eyes to be sanctified to his will, our ears to hear his voice, our feet to run his errands. The whole person must be dedicated in only a total consecration, as much as the Lord gave himself completely for us, only a total consecration, which is properly symbolized in the Bible by baptism, by immersion. Now, what does the Bible teach about death? The whole object of salvation is to save men from death. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The Lord came to save us from death. The Bible says that death is a sleep. Jesus said, our friend Lazarus sleeps. What is the Christian hope? We talk about Easter Sunday. The Christian hope is this, that our Lord conquered death. The tomb of Jesus is empty. He rose from the dead in order that we may rise from the dead to life. Death is not another form of life. It was the devil that said, you won't die. That was the devil's lie. The whole purpose of the second coming of Christ is that the Lord will descend from heaven and will raise the dead. He will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. If the dead are already in heaven, then Jesus is not aware of it because He's coming back here for something that he doesn't need to come back for. But he does need to come back. He does to raise those sleeping saints. The hope of the Christian is that Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. There is no life after death until resurrection. Jesus came alive again. We, by his wonderful power, will be alive again in the resurrection at the last day. So how do I find the true church? Well, let's look at, try to find it prophetically. Revelation chapter 12, verse 17, it says, so the dragon was enraged with the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her children who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus the last remnant church with which the devil is angry, they have a peculiar practice of obedience to God. There is this mysterious blending of obeying God's commandments and testifying of Jesus. The two go together. One is not in opposition to the other. The remnant church, Revelation 14, uh, verse 12, look at what it says. Here is the patience of the saints who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. Now, keeping the commandments of God does not deny Christ as some people would have you believe, but rather the two go together. You find God's people keeping His commandments and being faithful to Jesus at the same time. Well, you say, how do you know That that is the last day church. Well, because here in verse 14, look at what it says. Then I looked and behold a white cloud and sitting on the cloud was one like a son of man, having a golden crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. You see, as we approach the climax of the history of the world, those who obey the commandments of God are going to be put under an enormous amount of pressure. And when this pressure is put upon those who keep the commandments of God, people are going to rise up and they're going to say, wait a minute, that's not Christian. It's not Christian to persecute these people simply because they believe that they ought to do this. You're not to do that. And as a result of this final conflict, there will come a day, which is not yet, when all the people of God, all of them will come together under the banner of truth. You see, the true church is one who practices baptism, a church that believes the Bible, a church that believes in the virgin birth, a church that believes that Jesus is indeed Jehovah God, a church that believes that he alone can save, a church that believes that the answer to the problem of death is his resurrection and believes that Jesus is coming again to open the graves of those who believe who's going to go to all the world telling the world in all languages to get ready because Jesus is coming soon. What I want to know as a child of God is every teaching every doctrine of the Word of God. If God has spoken it, then that should settle it if we are a child of God. Let's pray. Gracious God, loving Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your Word, that which Jesus has referred to as the truth. May your Holy Spirit be poured upon us and grant us the discernment that we will see truth when it is proclaimed and we will see deception when that is proclaimed. Draw us all to your truth, that marvelous light. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've come to that segment in our program that we refer to as the book offer. Uh, The book offer um, is uh, a way that we try to get resources into the hands of our viewers just to be part of their spiritual library, to give them a resource to help them on their spiritual journey, better understand God's will for our lives. These, These resources are made available through the generosity of our donors when you request one of these offers there's no obligation whatsoever on your part you're never gonna receive an invoice you're not gonna pay for it the the book or the magazine arrives at your home by mail postage paid no obligation whatsoever on your part it's a gift from lessons for living television through the generosity of our donors and so today we have a little book It is called The Power of a Promise. We'd love to send you this book. If you would like to receive it, then we're gonna give you some information. All we really need from you is your name, and we need your mailing address, and we'll get that out to you. If you happen to call us on the number that you're about to hear, and you get the voicemail, if you would be so kind as to leave your name and your mailing address, try to enunciate because that just makes things so much quicker for us. Sometimes folks leave their name and their phone number. We have to call them back to try to get that number. But meantime, we're getting other calls. So if you get the voicemail, tell us who you are and give us your mailing address, enunciate it, and we'll get the resource out to you as quickly as you can. Okay? So pay close attention to the information we're about to provide.
1: TO RECEIVE TODAY'S FREE OFFER, YOU CAN LOG ON TO THE LESSONS FOR LIVING TELEVISION WEBSITE, WWW.L4LTV.COM. THAT'S THE LESSONS FOR LIVING TELEVISION WEBSITE, WWW.L4LTV.COM. YOU CAN ALSO WRITE US AT POST OFFICE BOX 27030, SIMCOE-CONLIN POST OFFICE, Oshawa, ONTARIO, L1G 0A3. AND WE WOULD BE HAPPY TO SEND THE OFFER OUT TO YOU. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe-Conlin Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you could order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337.
0: Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. I really appreciate you joining us each and every week. And I appreciate your efforts in trying to let your friends and family know about our program so that they can tune in also. You know, to help you with that, we have our website, l4ltv.com. All of our previous programs, is, every single program that we've ever aired is accessible through our website. You can go to the previous program tab, just click on there. And there's gonna be like a pull down menu you're gonna see every year. And then uh, you can click on there and just, you can go through every single program we've ever aired is there. While on the website, you can go to another tab that is called archived sermons. And these are messages that I've done around the country different topics. I have a section there on prophecy called Prophecy Today. If you click on that, that'll take you to a series of YouTube videos just on Bible prophecy. You can follow those along also. While on the website, you can also go to the Live Appearances page. It'll tell you where I'll be appearing live. And you can also visit the Donate Today tab. That is where uh, you can make a donation if you feel so moved to do so. We are a charitable organization, so any donation you make is eligible for a receipt for income tax purposes. And so I draw no salary from this ministry. I pastor a church and I draw a salary from that. Every dollar that is donated to Lessons for Living goes right back into the ministry to pay for the airtime, it pays for the gifts, it pays for the studio time. We're in the studio right now. And so all of that is covered through the generosity of our donors. And so if you feel so moved to be a part of that, well, we would would appreciate that support. Just a couple other things in the minutes that that remain. Uh, Instagram, follow me on Instagram. Uh, Every morning, 6.30 a.m. Eastern Time, I put out a one-minute devotional video. It's a great way to start the day. You just start the day focused on things of heaven. So check that out on Instagram, santos underscore bill. You can go to our YouTube channel. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. By subscribing, then, you will be made aware of anytime time we add new content to the channel. You can like our Facebook page. Now, this program will be on the Facebook page within a half an hour of the conclusion, and you can always re-watch it on the Facebook page. You can also uh, download an audio version of the program. Uh, through SoundCloud, or even through the Facebook page. And you can carry the audio version with you. You can share it with your friends. So check all those out. We have one more quick thing. We have missionnowcanada.com website, which is the overseas humanitarian work that we do. Check that out, find out where we might be going in the next little while overseas. Maybe you could be a part of that. We are all out of time. Thank you again for watching. We look forward to the opportunity to doing this again. We hope you'll join us. God bless you. We look forward to seeing you here again next time.